26, beginning with verse 26. And he, Jesus, said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. I want to share with you tonight what I have shared with our serve team leaders in October of last year, and all of our leadership staff a couple of Sunday nights ago in leadership training. This is only one half of the session that I've, did with, that I've done with both groups, and I will share the latter, the, the latter part uh, concerning vision in the next few Wednesday nights. But I feel it incumbent and imperative for me to share this material with everyone at Grace Church. And so I'm going to ask for your attention. I'm going to ask for the walkers, you know, to not walk so much during church tonight when it comes to going in and out, etc. You get the point. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight about becoming the culture. Becoming the culture. When Sister Murph and I and our family, our two children, moved to Youngstown, Ohio, would be about 28, 29 years ago now. Uh, we rolled into that city really knowing not what we were doing. And uh, I don't know if it was faith-based or ignorant-based or a combination of both, but we did it. Uh, we started a church in our living room, and then it went to our garage, and then we were able to buy a building. And uh, we continued there for six years And um, I was a full-time pastor when we moved here uh, 22, almost 23 years ago to start over and to essentially do it again, starting here with 11 people. But when we arrived in uh, Youngstown, we immediately realized that there was a culture there that we didn't realize, we, we didn't understand. The city of Youngstown was predominantly Italian, and then behind that it was Greek. You'd go to the mall and literally feel like you were in a foreign country hearing people speak Italian and or Greek. And uh, all the food was different. And certainly, if you ever want to know what Southern hospitality is, go somewhere where it isn't. And you'll find out what Southern hospitality is. I literally knocked on somebody's door, was talking to them about Jesus, and it was pouring down rain, and they never invited me in, and I'm sitting there getting drenched, and I thought, really? You know, if I was had been in the Baton Rouge area, they'd say, look, man, just step inside. Just step right here for a second. And, um, uh, of course, that was many years ago, and, and that kind of thing was more acceptable than it is now. But if you've never been to different parts of the country, then you may have a hard time really appreciating the depth of what I'm about to share with you when it comes to cultures. I hope everybody understands tonight that cultures all over the world are different. Uh, Sister Murph and I have had the opportunity to travel some overseas. Uh, We've been to Ireland, totally different culture than what we have here, beginning with their driving on the wrong side of the car, uh, sitting on the wrong side of the road, both. Um, If they get that straightened out, it wouldn't be quite so bad. But I mean the food, the personality of the people, etc. Culture, as you can imagine, is a very difficult subject to teach. The feel 
in a culture is an intangible, i.e. southern hospitality. It's hard to explain it. Well, the people are nice. Well, there's nice people all over the world. Well, people invite you into their home. Well, they invite you into home different places all over the world. They do. They will invite you in their home. Some people will. But there's an added flair to southern hospitality that a lot of people around the rest of the world do not have. So there's a feel in culture that's intangible. Listen to pastor tonight as a church. We can do everything that we do exactly right. It still will not work because of the culture. If the culture's not right, then nothing else you do will work. You say, I don't believe that. Let's use Jesus' illustration in Mark chapter 4. He said a farmer will plant a seed in the soil. I don't care what that seed is. I don't care how much he paid for it. I don't care where it came from. I don't care what other um, crops it was gleaned from, that it may have a higher pedigree than, than some other seed. If the soil is not right, that seed will not grow. Don't matter what you do. You can water it till your well runs dry. You can fertilize it, what have you. It has the soil has to be right. You've got to have all of the ingredients, but culture trumps everything else. A simple illustration. I talked to a man several years ago that visited Grace Church. I asked him if he was from the area. He said he was, and then I recognized uh, some of his church background and places he had been. He said, it's interesting to me, since I've been at Grace Church, four people have come up and spoke to me in about the first five minutes that I was here. I visited a church last Sunday, and I was there for almost two hours, and no one said a word to me. And it was along racial lines is the reason they didn't. It doesn't matter if your message is right and how much Holy Ghost and holiness and everything else you preach. If we can't be kind and we can't be friendly and manifest true Christian virtue, if our culture isn't right, it's not going to grow in other people. Does everybody understand that? <clears throat> in Mark chapter 4, it states it's the soil that gives the seed its success. Soil produces grain and corn. It's in how the seed is used and the condition of the soil. We need to have a soil condition at Grace Church so that when we scatter seed, that seed will germinate and will produce again. Let me ask you tonight, what do growing churches really do differently? First of all, growing churches are life-giving. They are life-giving. They have a life-giving culture. It's not the information you receive. It's the culture of that atmosphere of that church that fosters life. You can't really build culture. We, you and I, are the culture. We're the soil. So when people come, they're not impacted by the chairs and the color of the paint and the design and the carpet. They're not impacted so much by the preaching of the Word of God as are sometimes the culture of the church. We need to understand that. And great culture is something that we can teach. It's something we have to become. We must be willing to become 
culture. When we embrace certain cultural responsibilities, then we start becoming culture. We become these. We will be it. We will have a life-giving culture. It grieves me when people visit Grace Church as our guest, and we don't ever refer to people who had come to Grace Church as visitors, their guest. The reason is visitors, in my mind, are people you really didn't expect. They just pop in. Every service, we anticipate our guest, and we're prepared for them when they walk in the door. And everybody said amen. That's why we have ushers, greeters. We have people, a hospitality staff out in the lobby. The door's open for you. You're warmly greeted with a smile and a handshake. You're given a little gift bag to take home with you, some things that you can remember, Grace Church. These are things that we do so that when you walk in the door, before you ever hear a song, before you ever hear a sermon, you're greeted with a smile, you're greeted with a handshake, you're welcomed here, no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter how you're dressed, no matter what you look like, you're welcome at Grace Church. And everybody said amen. Let me go on to say, we're not into the racial stuff here either. This is January and this is pastoral time. We do this every year. But we're not into the racial divide here at Grace Church. I said a long time ago, there's two words that do not exist at Grace Church, and that's black and that's white. We're all people. And I anticipate the day when we'll have Hispanic people and Asian people, people of every race. It is the whole gospel to the whole world. Praise the Lord. So we want to not necessarily worry about the scoreboard. We want to focus on creating a life-giving culture. Healthy things grow. Have you ever been to somebody's house and look at their plants and then try to figure out if they're a green thumb or not? It's usually pretty obvious. You see that old wilty ivy? Just go ahead and throw the thing in the garbage. It ain't going to make it and you don't care if it makes it. If you cared, it wouldn't look like it looks. Just go ahead and get rid of it. So that's the lack of green thumb culture that you're experiencing at someone's house when you see that plant. But if you go to someone's house and it's lush and beautiful and green, then you know those people care about the foliage that's sitting in their living room. This is what we're trying to present at Grace Church, and we're really going to emphasize this year. We anticipate guests. We anticipate growth this year, and we want to be a life-giving church. We want to be welcome to everybody. Keep your judgmental opinions to yourself. Keep your judgmental opinions to yourself. And if you don't like somebody, talk to Jesus about them and not other people in the church. Hallelujah. That's good preaching, Pastor. Preach it. Preach it, Pastor. Okay, I am. I'm trying, Brother Phil. A little at a time. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, I have told people that have attended, that have visited Grace Church, and they let me know that they have a racial bias, you're not welcomed here. You're not welcomed here. Against rich, poor, black, white, married, divorced, even from homosexual background, you're not welcomed here if you have a bias about that. If you don't believe in the life-changing, sin-cleansing blood of Jesus, and that you don't understand that we're all going to the same place, 
then you need a fresh praying through at the altar is all I can say. You need a fresh glimpse of Calvary. Jesus didn't just die for you and your kind. He died for the world. He died for the world. So quickly tonight, there's seven cultural responsibilities we must embrace. There's seven. And I'm going to do my best to be uh, as expedient with this presentation as I can. I am talking to you tonight from my heart. I'm not playing games. We're not going to compromise our message. We're not going to compromise our message. We're not. But we want an atmosphere besides holy, self-righteous, ego-centered people. We want to love everybody. And we want everybody to feel that love. And everybody said amen. And for the most part, Grace Church does that. But hey, prevention is always better than cure. Seven cultural responsibilities that we must embrace. Number one is we must be passionately in love with Jesus. You're not in love with your church more than you're in love with Jesus. I'm going to go as far as to say tonight, you're not as in love with your family as you are Jesus. I could do a little Bible on that if you wanted. I believe Jesus needs to be our first priority. And I will tell you right now, when people walk in the doors of Grace Church, they're going to know if it's a Christ-centered church or if it's a church on an ego trip or if it's a glorified social function, they'll know the difference. When people come to Grace Church, I want them to feel it when they walk at the door, when they hear a sermon, when they hear a song, that Jesus is at the forefront of this church and we love him more than anything else and than anybody else. Somebody shout amen. (laughs) Ministry does not come, ministry does not come from what you know. Ministry comes from the overflow of your personal relationship with Jesus. What did the men say in the New Testament? We can tell that you've been with Jesus. Not that you've embraced his teaching, not that you believe everything he says, not that you've, made a, you've been made into a convert based on his doctrine. You've been with him, and we can tell the difference. The little maiden told Peter at the fire of denial that night that we know you're one of his disciples. We know you've been with Jesus. There's something cultural about that, and ministry comes not from what you know. This is where people struggle with witnessing the people. You think you have to know a whole lot, when all you have to do is manifest your relationship with Jesus. I don't know everything about the Bible, the blind man said. I don't know everything about the law of Moses, the blind man said in in the New Testament. I don't know everything about this Messiah, but I do know this. I once was blind, but now I see. Folks, that's all you need to know. If we can be with Jesus, if we can stay with Jesus, if we can keep Jesus as our focus, we can change the culture of our church and our lifestyle. My ministry, my ministry, your ministry will only be as good as my time and your time and relationship with Jesus. It's not what you know. It's not what you've learned. It's who you've been with. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Paul said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, or conduct, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Your whole persona, 
Everything that you manifest, the look in your eye, the words out of your mouth, everything, everything about you will be indicative of the fact that you've been with Jesus. You're truly a Christian person. I remember when we first moved in the house we're living in now, I met a man that lives uh, behind us a little ways, and uh, got to, I befriended him, and he actually ended up doing some work around our house and what have you, and he finally said, where do you go to church? And I said, well, actually, I want to say, well, why do you ask? But anyway, I didn't. Uh, you never know what that will be followed up with anyhow. Um, I said, well, actually, I pastor a church on Hooper Road. It's Grace Church. He said, I, I thought maybe you might have been a minister. He said, I feel better every time I leave after talking to you. I wish some of you felt that way. And, you know, make my, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it had to be one of the most tremendous, most fulfilling things that someone has ever said. And uh, it makes a difference to people when they know you've been with Jesus. So we have to be passionately in love with Jesus. Don't say it, but act like it. Uh, don't just say it, but act like it. We set the example. You do it. Don't tell everyone else to do it. You do it. And if you do it enough, they'll do it. Paul said, set an example. We serve the Lord with gladness. The psalmist said, serve the Lord with gladness. Not sadness. Not madness. But gladness. There are folks here, you know, and I'm not a big bounce off the wall turn kind of person either. You know, I'm not ADHD and all of that stuff. I know preachers that just can't wait to just bounce somewhere. I need to be inflated some before I can bounce anywhere. You know, I'm like that basketball that's been sitting in the garage for about six months. You bounce and you just go, poop. That's pretty much my personality. But I do try. And oftentimes I like to remind my face what I'm feeling in my heart and smile about it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, if you're happy, let your face know about it kind of thing. But uh, the Bible said, the Bible teaches us to serve the Lord with gladness. Not to always walk around with a long face looking like the proverbial Missouri mule. Uh, that you're, you're truly happy to be a follower of Christ. So the next step here at Grace Church, and this is Bible study night, and uh, we're being a little more pastor tonight than usual. But I'd like to start hearing when we ask you to do something or if you're called on to do something to say, I'm glad to do it. I would be happy to do that. You men, hey, brother, can you help me out with something? Let me ask my wife. Well, I know what the answer is. Don't even bother. I know what's coming. I love that story. Before Brother Merrill married, man, he was there at the drop of a hat. He spoiled me bad. Any help I needed at the church, at home, anything. And I'll never forget one Sunday morning, or it was a Wednesday night at church, I asked him, I said, hey, man, I got some fence work to do in my yard. And they weren't even married yet. They had not tied the knot yet. Anyway, he said, yeah, I'll be there. What time? I said, about 9, 9.30. He said, okay. He said, oh, wait a minute. Let me check with Christy. 
thought, oh, God, and there goes a good helper down the drain. So. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Uh, that was a funny story. But to hear, I'm happy to do it. I'm glad to do it. Um, we can't be ruled in our lives when it comes to the kingdom of God and even the church by minimums. We, we, we have something we need to do, and you say, well, do I have to stay the whole time? I'll tell you what. You cook me a filet mignon at your house, and just as you set it down on the table, and we all sit down to eat, I'm going to look at my watch and say, you know what? I need to go. I can't stay the whole time. <clears throat> I could go off on that for a while, but I'll, you, you get the point. We can't be ruled by minimums if we're going to change our culture. We, yes, we'll stay the whole time. Do I have to do all of that? It's no, I get to do all of that. Uh, we, 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 we'll work on these things throughout 2016. And Grace Church does an awesome job. Again, this is uh, prevention is better than cure. And we want to celebrate changed lives. We are passionately in love with Jesus. And everybody said amen. Number two, we desire to create ministry around people's gifts, not our ideas. When Kara Swallow came, it's been, I guess, nine months ago, ten months ago, and said, Pastor, I have an idea. Uh, let's hear it. And she introduced the whole thing about Pillar. Said, let's do it. It's her idea. It's her vision. And she's passionate about it. And she's making it work. And she's doing a great job. Y'all give her some appreciation. She's doing a great job with that. <clears throat> but we have literally created a ministry around her gifting and around her vision. And that's what we want to continue to do here at Grace Church. If we build around people and their gifts, then ministries will ultimately die when that person or that personality leaves. We want to build Grace Church around ministry, not ideas. We want to build Grace Church around ministry, not just ideas. We're doing away with the volunteerism mentality. This does away with, hey, everybody, we need some help for this coming Saturday. Go sign up for. I would like to just be able to make a public appeal and say, hey, we need help. And everybody say, hey, we'll be there. Uh, it's great culture, man. It's life-giving. It encourages other people. It inspires other people. We have a process here at Grace Church, and Brother Merrill just mentioned it in our membership classes, where people can discover their gifts. You can discover your gifting. And we want to promote the idea that for people to discover their redemptive calling, their God-given gifts. And we desire here at Grace Church to make equipping people the, one of the main functions of our ministerial staff. We want to equip you, help you develop your gift. Look, for years I've been grieved of knowing people that just sat in church. They have gifting, they have talent, and uh, God gave them that gift. God gave them that talent. I believe if you're gifted and talented, you ought to use it for the kingdom first, and then use it for your job, and God will bless it even all the more. But I believe we should use our gifts and talents for the church first, for the kingdom first. One of my main functions is now one of the uh, main functions of the church. It should be our idea. One of my main functions is now one of the main functions of the Grace Church. I'm asking you to help me train and equip 
the seed to be fruitful in their role. We're going to be the soil that gives them life, that gives them growth, that gives them development. If you are a hindrance or stumbling block, then you have been poisoned and you become dysfunctional. And that's why your gifting is thwarted and it doesn't grow and it doesn't achieve what you want it to achieve. I'm asking everybody here tonight to ascend to a mountain of commitment, to ascend, to begin moving forward towards our community, upward towards God, and let's have a revival and growth like we've never seen before. Praise God. I believe we can do it. I'm not asking you to do ministry as far as that goes. I'm asking you to equip others to do ministry. Let me ask you folks here tonight and ask yourself this question. How many people have you trained here at Grace Church to do anything? How many of you trained with all of your biblical knowledge, experience, and background? How many people have you shared your life with, your education, your knowledge, your experience to teach them and train them to be productive in the kingdom of God. It's bothersome, isn't it? It's bothersome. And I'm asking us to all begin to equip and train, and that's what Carol would be beginning to do this coming Saturday, is give you an opportunity to do that. And there's folks that's here that's done it, and you've done an amazing job, and I thank you for it. Number three is we desire to empower people. We want to be intentional about not building the church around the personality of the pastor. I've grown up in one or two different pastoral environments, and anytime anything goes on at the church, especially behind the pulpit, everybody looked over at the pastor to see what his response was, and if he was okay, then everybody else was going to be okay. I don't want to do that. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it, but I don't want it to revolve around me. I want ministries to develop I'll always be the pastor. I'll always have the pastoral authority, all of that. We know that. But I want to empower people. I'm not insecure. I'm not afraid. Somebody asked me, man, what if, what if so-and-so leaves with two-thirds of your people? Well, they weren't loyal to me anyway. Sean, the way I look at it, it's hurtful. But you really wasn't on board to start with if you'll leave with someone else and go somewhere else. So it's important that we understand those kind of things are going to happen from time to time, but that still does not preclude us from building ministries and people, helping people to be fruitful, even when you're not as fruitful as you want to be. And you know, in, in most cases, and I don't know a whole lot about farming, but I do know enough that people that, these farmers that own these big, huge plantations, when they hire someone new, they don't get out in the field and train the person. They send them out to the field help, and the field help trains them on what they need to do. The field help may not have enough knowledge to run the whole farm, but they do have enough knowledge to train the new help in what they need to do to harvest a crop and to plant a crop and so on. We want to do the same thing here at Grace Church. So you may not feel as on top of your game as you think you should, but that doesn't mean you're completely stupid. <clears throat> need for that to just simmer for a minute in your brain. I mean, are you completely ignorant that you can't train somebody to do something? Hey, see that piece of paper over there? Would you mind picking that up and throwing it in a trash can? Well, it's training that person to help keep the church clean. Are you intelligent enough to do that? 
If you're not, see me after church and I'll help you. No, I won't. I'm going to send you to somebody else and they can help you. And it'll be somebody that's not a whole lot smarter than you. <clears throat> Pastor's on a roll tonight. I feel like cinnamon. I'm on a roll. <clears throat> <clears throat> Even Jesus used people who weren't ready. Hello. Yes, he did. They didn't know everything, but they had been with him long enough to feel his spirit. And that's what they propagated around the world. We encourage creative thinking here at Grace Church. We encourage people here at Grace Church to dream. Now, obviously, <clears throat> this is what's hilarious. When people come say, Pastor, I have a great idea. And I say, well, good, go do it. Oh, well, not me. You know, get someone else to do it. No, it's your idea. So it kind of curtails some of that. If you're not willing to do it, <clears throat> or at least help get it started or what have you, then I don't know what to say. But we encourage creative thinking. Um, we will talk about small groups, not cell groups, as we've done before, but small groups. We'll talk more about that in hopefully the very near future. But we have already began farming small groups. Did y'all know that we have NFL here at Grace Church? We have the NFL here at Grace Church. It's named after Brother Jason's Sunday school class next. It's the next fitness league, the NFL. And, you know, they meet pretty regular. Brother Merrill worked out with them last Saturday. I asked him to come up here and do some work on the building. He said, we'll have to do NFL first. I said, well, forget working on the building. You'll need a three-hour nap. And, well, I'm not beating you up so bad tonight. Huh? He hasn't done nothing. <clears throat> but, uh, but we're going to start talking about groups. I'll give you an idea. We have folks here at Grace Church that like to shoot guns. Hopefully not at each other, but uh, to go to the range. I enjoy it, actually. Let's start a small group, and if you work with men that like to shoot guns, invite them and get them introduced to the group. Keep doing it, keep doing it. And then we have something here at the church. You can invite them to come and participate in it. Come to one of our services. That's the point. That's what we're after. Uh, we have NFL. We are going to start talking to some folks about a cooking small group that I would like to attend. Uh, I'll just tell you how it tastes. How about that? That's brilliant right there, buddy. Using my head for something besides a hat rack. Uh, we uh, are, are launching Infuse with our singers. We'll have Infuse for singers. We'll have Infuse for musicians. We'll have Infuse for media booth, both lighting, uh, the screens, which is pro presenter. We'll have uh, Infuse for the sound system. Uh, Sister Fair is working on Infuse for Sunday school teachers. We're working on Infuse for our hospitality staff so that when you want to be a part of that team, they're going to train you exactly what you need to do. They'll, ex they'll teach you exactly what you need to do, and that's, it's going to be an awesome process. But I'm asking everybody here at Grace Church to think creatively because there's a ministry inside of everybody. And I do allow people to challenge the process. We're not going to, you're not going to challenge our vision or values, but you can challenge the process. I'm willing to talk about it. We can't be pushed away from vision, but we have to allow people to challenge the process and come up with better ways to accomplish the vision that we have here at Grace Church. We want to be a healthy church, a healthy environment that helps heal, restore people uh, back to a, a healthy relationship with Jesus, which is our primary vision. We want to create an atmosphere of encouragement. 
We want to create an atmosphere of encouragement. Encourage people, encourage people, encourage people. I hear it all the time. Of course, that's part of my job as pastor, but I'm not feeling good. My back hurts. My foot hurts. You know, even my wife don't feel good. My great aunt that lives in Alaska don't feel good. My fourth cousin, fifth removed that lives in Antarctica don't feel good. And they want me to pray about it. My suggestion is you pray about it. Well, never mind. I'll keep praying about it, and we'll tackle that a little bit later. Uh, I'm having a ball here tonight. I hope y'all are having fun. Uh, We will begin to do public commentations here at Grace Church. We're going to give you victory reports and what have you. If you think of it, if you know somebody that's that's done something nice for the church or done something nice for someone else or even for you, write them a note of appreciation. It's a whole lot better. It's a whole lot better when you can express your appreciation to people. We want to create an atmosphere like that where people will want to attend Grace Church. They'll be loved, they'll be appreciated, and they'll truly feel the Spirit of Christ. Number four, we want to focus on systems at work. Here at Grace Church, we continually tweak to make it better. Our goal is excellence. Everything we do here at Grace Church has to be excellent. Jesus deserves it. We don't want half-hearted worship. We don't want half-prepared singers, half-prepared musicians. Our Sunday school teachers, you need to be prepared to teach your class when you walk in the door on Sunday morning. Don't run in here 10 minutes late scrambling around looking for stuff. If it's not done by Saturday night, it's too late. We want to be excellent. We want to be prepared. And we're always looking for people that will help us be better as a church in our atmosphere and in our culture. We ask for ideas on how to make things better. We want to clarify a measurable win. We want to keep the vision clear. We must say it. We must say it. We must say it. And we're going to say it some more. We'll be developing ways to measure our effectiveness in 2016. We want to always know how we're doing. We're not going to fall in love with numbers. We're going to fall in love with people. We want, God wants fruitfulness, not just faithfulness. We have to, some of you folks need to step up from just being faithful. It's time to be fruitful. Get better. Always strive to be better. Don't focus on the scoreboard. Just get better. Healthy things grow. If it gets better, it'll get bigger. Don't worry about making it bigger. Let's make it better. If we make it better, it'll get bigger. (laughs) Number five, y'all please help me with this. We want to have fun at Grace Church. Living for Jesus ought to be fun. It ought to be exciting. It ought to be enjoyable. You're not a walking corpse. You're not an an old discarded J.C. Penny mannequin, especially when it comes to worship. You're not here to stand as still as you can so people can see your clothing. That's not why you're here. Let's everybody praise the Lord. We was at the mall not long ago, and I persuaded Noah to be a human mannequin. I got him to stand out in front, one of them little, a real mannequin, and he did perfect, man. Of course, he's my grandson. I wouldn't expect anything else, but anyway. But, buddy, he stood there, and and it was amazing at the people that walked by and, and then just kept walking. 
That's what it's like when we say, let's worship the Lord. And we do mannequin and people. What are you doing? You're supposed to be worshiping the Lord. You're supposed to be doing some function besides just standing there. Anyway, uh, you get the point. We want to make Grace Church fun. Environments have to be fun. I love laughter. We need to teach our children more laughter at Grace Church and less screaming. On Sunday mornings at like 9.30, 9.15, and I can't figure out why a three-year-old is here, but they're here, and screaming to the top of their lungs. I just get up and close my office door. I can't even think. Teach them to laugh when they come to church. It's not screaming. You walk in the door and, ah! It's not that. It's, ha, 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 I'm in church with joy. Shall you draw water from the wells of salvation? Not a temper tantrum. You don't sling the bucket at your neighbor when you get your water out. And we want to work fun. We want to work laughter. We want to work joy into everything we do. It's got to become a part of our culture. And as soon as we get the A Center done, God help us. Uh, I still say Boo is doing an amazing job, and I appreciate him so much for that. But hopefully when we get that thing finished, we're going to serve food. Well, I got more response from that than I did anything else. That's pretty interesting right there, ain't it? <laughs> there needs to be food. And you know what we're going to do as much as possible here at Grace Church? We want to be generous, and we're going to give it away. I want to quit charging for food. I thought y'all would be happy about that, too. If you're not, we'll keep charging, you know, $5 a plate or whatever. But as much as we can, when we can, and we'll stress our church budget to do it. But uh, I remember, uh, what was it, Christy, a couple of years ago, um, I asked her to go to Walmart, Sam's, wherever, and buy the little small containers of um, Bluebell ice cream, uh, chocolate and vanilla. And uh, it was a hot August, July, August, Sunday morning, whatever it was, after church, and we passed them out after your soul searching in the altar. You walked out of here with some Bluebell chocolate or vanilla, whatever you wanted. Buddy, that went over. You thought we gave I finally gave you something that you liked. <clears throat> but we're gonna, you're going to start seeing more and more of that kind of thing. Uh, I have several ideas, and others have several ideas that we're going to begin, begin to strive for. Uh, we'll give stuff away, whatever it is. But we're going to strive for excellence, and everything we do has to be excellent. Nothing is secondhand. Nothing sloppy. The kingdom of God deserves the best out of us, and our guests deserve our best. And everybody said amen. <clears throat> what creates comfort? What creates comfort and security? It's excellence. I have gone to stores in the mall after a big sale that's going on like all day Friday and Saturday, and I get there Saturday night, and the department I'm looking in is a teetotal mess. Stuff is on the floor. You can't find what you're looking for. I just do a 180 and go right back out, and I'll catch you later. It's because it's sloppy. Nobody likes sloppy. We don't want our Sunday school room sloppy. We don't want our sanctuary sloppy. The folks that help us clean the church, Brother Don, you do a great job, and I appreciate you very much. Steve and Cherry does a great job, and I'm thankful. Every time you walk in this building, it smells good and it's clean, and we're going to keep it that way. And people have commented about everything we do 
is excellence, excellence. Everybody say excellence. When things are excellent, it creates comfort. And comfort creates return visits. When things are done well, people relax. And we may do fewer things, but what we do do here at Grace Church is going to be done well. Number six, and I'm trying to hurry and I'll go quick, is we love people here at Grace Church. We, must, we want to be and create, as a part of our culture, a high-touch environment. I heard years ago, if you're in a crowd and you feel somebody's hand on your shoulders because they want to turn around, because they want to speak to you, because they think you're nice. I have never had anyone put their hand on my shoulder, and I turn around and they slug me in the mouth. Thank goodness. Because when I'd recover, it'd be over with. You hear me? I go get somebody and say, take care of that guy. <laughs> but when people delegate, trite. When people put their hand out, when people put their hand on your shoulder, it means they care. We want to be a high-touch environment here at Grace Church. People need to be needed. People need to be known. We need to learn to remember names. I've had people walk up to me and say, who are the people that sits, you know, over there, over there, over there, over there? They've been coming here like two years, and you don't know their name? The church, we, we don't have like 25,000 people here. It's not that hard to get up from over there and walk over there and say, hi, my name is Glenn Murphy, and your name is, and he says, Brayton Duncan. Oh, well, pleased to meet you, Brayton Duncan. Are you married? Yeah, it's my wife, Kayla. And we have two kids, Lewis and Millie. It's really not that hard. It's really not. <clears throat> be involved in the life of the church. Personal involvement in the life of the church. It's got to be personal to you. Uh, stay involved. Get involved. I'm one of them. I attend Grace Church, and I'm thankful for that. I'm not just the leader of the church. I'm a member of that church. I love my church. I want to protect my church. I want to help my church to grow. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. And understand that sometimes people are mean. And remember that. The devil will make sure there's enough mean people around you. So cut people some slack. Hurting people hurt people. See them as the victim instead of the victimizer. Your battle is against the devil, not people. We need to understand that. Refuse to gossip and even listen to it. Your ear is not a garbage can. And you're free to tell people that when they want to gossip in it. Number seven in conclusion. This is going to be hard for some of you, but it's where I want to conclude tonight. We are more concerned about reaching people than keeping people. And I've learned a long time ago, if people don't want to attend church here, we'll say goodbye We'll be very kind. We'll throw a party and hope that maybe one day you might consider coming back. And that's the way we feel here at Grace Church. But we need to more, be more concerned about reaching people than keeping people. We do not exist for us. We exist for the ones who aren't here yet. We exist for the ones who aren't here yet. I will ask you to not get too comfortable with your seat. Somebody may come in and want it. They may take it if you don't get here early enough. They'll teach you for being late. If you want your goofy seat, get here early enough and you can get it. Constantly remind each other of our... And, and what are y'all are doing over there, by the way? I noticed that Sunday. 
they got bumped out. Mike and Sheila sat over there since they've been here. And I noticed Sunday they're sitting over there. They got rooted out of their seat. There you go. See, that's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Amen. And uh, I hate to let Lori and Johnny know this, but there were people that used to sit there all the time. Y'all started coming. And uh, you just politely took over someone's seat and didn't even know it. So, uh, but in every, everything we do, we serve. We serve one another and we serve, serve others. I'm going to ask Grace Church tonight to be the soil, the culture in which people can grow. Be the soil in which people can grow. Amen. So you can walk out of here tonight and tell everybody you see that Brother Murphy asked me to be dirt. You know, there might be a reason that that's why we were made out of it. Might be a good reason as to why that's why we were made out of it. So we can be culture, people who love Jesus, and we want to manifest the love of Jesus. I'm excited tonight. I'm anxious to see what 2016 holds. We have an amazing crowd here tonight. You know, with our kids, we're giving our, all of our children's staff and our, our student ministry staff we, we give them off every, every January, and they join us in here on Wednesday nights. I kind of like it this way. What do y'all think? Christian's good. He, he wants to stay in here. That's pretty cool. I got one vote. So, Ethan, you're good with it? All right. We'll talk about it. Thank you, children's staff. You don't have a job anymore. So, uh, I'm kidding. Come first Wednesday night in uh, February, you'll go uh, resume those ministries. But I am thankful... For Grace Church, I am so thankful for all that you do. You folks are amazing people. And uh, y'all never cease to amaze me, and you'll hear some about that Sunday morning, Lord willing. And uh, I thank you for your commitment, your undying loyalty and dedication to this church, uh, and what you give in time and talent and in giving. You're wonderful people, and Pastor loves you guys very much. Y'all give yourselves some appreciation. Y'all do a great job. <clears throat> Um, so stand with me tonight. Help us, help me, uh, help our, our leaders, our serve team leaders. Uh, let, let's, let's develop a great culture here at Grace Church where people can really grow and thrive in their relationship with Jesus. In conclusion tonight, let's all pray together and ask God to continue to direct our church into a very challenging future. Father, in the name of Jesus. We're thankful tonight for this amazing opportunity. We're thankful for this church that has been built and established here in Central. We're thankful, God, for your presence, your anointing. And I pray, God, that we'll be willing to ascend upward toward you, outward to our community. I pray, God, that you would guide our footsteps, that the hand of God would lead us and prepare the way that this church can ultimately become what you've designed it to become. We want to be a part of it. We don't want to watch it. We want to be a part of it. Help us, God, to put our heart into it, to be unified, to stay close to one another, to love one another, to completely and totally manifest the love of Jesus. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hey, before you leave, walk around the building, meet some people you haven't met, talk to them, be nice. No gossiping. Let's have some fun and laughter here tonight. God bless you in Jesus' name.